The simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences. Sharing knowledge and helping you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked in Science Podcast. What are titans? They are the industry figures that you can't ignore. They are the players, they are the people that you could learn from. In the podcast that I titled Titans, it's going to be interviews with amazing leaders from the baking industry. Here, I interview two titans of the industry, Cordia Harrington and Rowdy Brixey. They were at the American Society of Baking, ASB, Baking Tech 2018 in Chicago. So, welcome to my show. I am Lynn Carson, CEO of Bakerpedia, the online global resource for the commercial baking industry. Hey, listeners, before we start, I'd like to thank Grain Millers for sponsoring this podcast. For over 30 years, Grain Millers has been the baking industry leader for organic, non-GMO, and gluten-free ingredients in all kinds of baked goods. Their newest oat fiber line can help you clean up labels and provide functional benefits. To learn more, please contact them at 800-443-8972 or visit their new website at grainmillers.com. I am lucky enough today at Baking Tech to be able to pull Cordia aside and said, Cordia, I wanted you to be in my podcast. Welcome, Cordia. Thank you, Lynn. I'm Con- so glad to see you. Congratulations on being in the Hall of Fame. How does that feel? It's amazing. I mean, I'm so honored. I love this industry, and I have so many uh, people in the industry that I respect. It yeah. feels uh, very special to be Everybody part of the Hall of Fame. Everybody knows you here. Isn't that fun? Yeah. yeah. How many years have you been in the industry? It's 20 as wow. of uh, last year. We're starting on our 21st. Um, you have an unusual startup story. Can you tell our listeners how you started up? I mean, it's not the usual, you know, um, my parents gave me this bakery story. Well, how did you start I do, did have a windy road to get to the bakery industry, and it was through first real estate and construction, and then from that career, I learned about restaurant ownership, and I bought a McDonald's, and while in the McDonald's, as a joke, the men put me on the bun committee, (laughs) and uh, And. they thought that was hilarious, (laughs) but I went to those meetings and heard about sesame seeds in Guatemala, flower prices in Russia, and I just loved it. I couldn't believe what a global industry it was, and I, I couldn't learn enough. And from that, I learned that McDonald's was going to expand their supply chain, add diversity, and I was sure that was right for me. And which year was that? Oh, gosh, let's see. Lynn, that was in 92. I first heard about it. Uh But it was 96 before they finally told me yes. Wow. And during that period of time, I went to over 30 interviews all over the place trying to say I'm the right person. I don't know why they had any doubt. I mean, just because I didn't have manufacturing experience. I'd never baked before. You know, so the you list goes like on. So you just stand up. You just do it up and say, "I want to produce buns." For yeah, you. That's, yeah that's pretty. Exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty exactly aggressive. Right. And I'm so grateful they said yes. McDonald's. Um, 
really gave me a great blessing by giving me the opportunity. And right. I, I learned a lot from Craig Olson, who owned Fresh Start Bakeries at That's the time right. as a CEO, okay. and Chip Klosterman. Yes. And they became my technical partners. I owned 51% of the bakery in 1996 when we broke ground. And the goal was that once they were sure I understood technically what to do to be successful, then I would have the opportunity to become the 100% owner. And I did so a few years after starting the plant. Gosh, that's so lucky. You know, um, not not everyone is so lucky to have strong partners at the beginning of their, their journey. What did you do to create those relationships well they were they were very generous with their time time and with their talent the the benefit for them helping me uh, with this new McDonald's high-speed bakery was that they would get some income for a market that they presently already produced for mm-hmm. now their bakeries were full so by owning a part of the bakery we were starting, they at least still got some benefit from the market that they were giving up. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have been more generous with the talent that they shared. I learned from the best, and today we're still using many of their best practices in our plants. Right. You know, I was at the Society of Women Baking uh, uh, breakfast and brunch where you spoke um, that was so much fun yes we learned so much from your speech but i also wanted to point out to our listeners that you spent a lot of time building relationships before actually starting this business yes can you share a little bit about how, what you did what what did you do there in terms of building relationships i mean how can entrepreneurs do this like i mean we can't just start up a business and expect you know, people to buy our product out the door, or anybody helping us. I mean, that's the toughest part of any startup journey. It is, but I believe that most entrepreneurs create a product and then they try to go sell it. Right. And I like to think of it upside down. Interesting. From that. I like to get the customer and then create the product. Interesting. So with my journey, I started out with the handshake agreement from McDonald's. Wow. I borrowed fifteen million dollars from the bank oh on my that gosh. handshake and built the plant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's backwards. Get that the customer first. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, sounds was really was scary. Yeah. yeah, so you had all those relationships. You built it over the years. You knew what your target was. Yes. You, you knew where you want. You, you were very focused on where you wanted to sell. You didn't want to, you know, just go into retail and then risk it all. That's correct. That is such, you know, that's such a great strategy. Um, I don't think too many people use that in terms of, you know, mindset for starting business. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. And people should learn more about how to do that. Um, what is the biggest hurdle for you as a woman entrepreneur in the baking industry? Overall, I believe the baking industry is filled with uh, family, value, generous-hearted people. Um, but I think anybody new to any industry isn't considered to have a strong um, something to add early on. And so there were times that I did see ideas that I thought would, would add value. And mm-hmm. when I bring them forward, I wasn't always listened to, mm-hmm. sort of felt invisible. I think we've all been in that position. But overall, 
I believe that our industry is a little bit more gentle to newcomers than other industries, that they really try to lift up and help people coming in. I think we've all, um, our lives have benefited so much from being in this industry that we all want to help others along. So overall, I I believe that um, the industry is welcoming to newcomers in this industry. Right. You know, I've also experienced the invisibility effect. Um, Any hints on how to not become invisible? (laughs) That's a great question, Lynn. And um, I believe that we as businesswomen and, um, well, as, as business people, period, need to be the best we can be. And our actions and our results uh-huh. will speak volumes. And once we have success or we um, live the values that we're, we're touting, people will begin to listen. Now, when I've got somebody in a room and they're not listening to me, and it's some some point that I'm trying to get across, I'm very uh, focused on pausing, looking directly at them, oh. making a comment, and then um, hopefully getting a response. And then if that, that, that doesn't work, then suggestion. I'll ask them to repeat back to me what I said. So there's always a way to get there. It's just how far do you have to go? <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> Thank you for the suggestion. Oh, boy. You know, on the product side, um, you produce a lot of uh, hamburger buns. Correct. Right. Um, it's really hard to innovate in that side of things. Yes. What innovative new product have you produced? Our, our high-speed lines are meant to produce the same product over and over again and be identical. Right. Um, so we really didn't have a, an avenue to get creative with new products until we bought our plant in Atlanta. Oh. We bought Masada Bakery in October of 14. Okay. So we've only had it three and a half years, but that has been a blast because we've been able to take the plant organic and create breads that are completely organic. In fact, that's where I first met you when we were becoming a a baker for Dave's Killer Bread. And um, we've also innovated some terrific breakfast products. One of those being um, nine pound pails of scoop and bake dough that are delivered to every Hilton and Doubletree in the US and they take that dough and they bake it out every day so their guests get a warm baked product for breakfast wow so that's been fun we've got a long way to go in innovation primarily we're a business to business baker where Correct. they will say we want something for this segment we will work to innovate their formulation and then we will only bake that product for them cordia what is the future of bakery co's Lynn, thanks for asking. We, um, we're we very excited about the future. We just opened a bakery in Guatemala City, Guatemala, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Wow. We have a, a new plant uh, being planned to uh, in the U.S. that will open in summer of next year. We continue to look at acquisitions. So the long-term look at our company is to stay private. Mm-hmm to grow and continue to live our values and our mission, which is three things. Create opportunity, make a difference, 
and impact lives. I'm thankful that four of our children have gone to college, gotten their masters, worked outside of the business, and now work full time in this bakery co. Plus, we have a tremendous uh, leadership team, all of which are partners now in the business. So we believe that we've got the right people, the right processes, and the right focus for this business to continue to thrive. That's great, and I believe that is why you were awarded, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Cordia, that's an amazing story. Thank you for dropping by. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. This podcast was made possible by our sponsor, Grain Millers. Could your bake product benefit from added shelf life, reduced breakage, or a fiber boost? Grain Millers oat fiber can help. And since it's intrinsic and intact, it can help preserve your clean labels too. To speak with a technical expert or request a sample, call 800-443-8972 or visit their website at grainmillers.com. We're here at ASB, Baking Tech, the best week in baking, and I pulled Rowdy to the side and said, Rowdy, you gotta come on to this podcast with me. Today we have Rowdy Brixey, and Rowdy, can you tell listeners what you do? Well, first off, Lynn, thanks for inviting me and having me. Um, well, we are a um, for hire consulting agency that really focuses in the maintenance space and in particular the baking industry. Um, maintenance, you could argue, is very similar across all bandwidths to mm-hmm. some degree. But as you well know, the baking side of the stuff has some pretty specific technology related to ovens and proofing and dividing. So I've spent the last almost 38 years of my life, uh, everything from maintaining equipment as a mechanic up to managing maintenance teams and project teams, and and uh, always had the passion to go out and really pay it forward, share. My dad started in the industry when he was 16. Um, I've got two sons and a daughter in the industry now, and um, you know, really wanted to drive a focus of things that I value and feel are important. And obviously every business has its um, goals and expectations, productivity mm-hmm. they're looking for, right. but those don't always align with your passions to pay forward and give, right? right. And um, what's the old thing? You know, if you love what you do, it's not work. Uh, I wanted to create an environment where uh, as much as possible uh, and realistic, I focused on the things I love to do and uh, would, would argue good at, and then share those uh, things forward. Uh, the beauty of it is the more you work to share what you know, the more you learn about what you don't know. Yeah. And uh, through helping other people solve their problems, you just build your repertoire and your tools and your techniques um, that just make you that much more effective going forward. All right, so, so I, I'm such a production person. I love production. I have no interests <laughs> in maintenance. Well, then you're you not know. going to be competing with me. That's great. No. It's, and it's I won't be that, baking bread. That's why I want to ask you, right? What makes you so passionate about maintenance? I mean, to me, it's just like maintenance. You know, what makes you so passionate about it? What are the things that drives you in, in your last job at BBU? Um, I mean, why, why come out and do this, of all things? Um, well, there is no doubt that there was a lot of apprehension and, and fear on my part uh, to fail. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
many times this week, people have asked me, how's it going? And, uh, you know, can't believe you're out there on your own. And I'm so glad things are going well for you. Uh, as you well know, preaching to the choir, it wasn't without a lot of... Contemplation. Contemplation, <laughs> pros and cons, risk-reward, right. how much nest egg do I need, uh, how much risk. But the only way I could probably relay to people the way it felt, the day I told such a fantastic company as BBU that I'm going to part ways, in a position that, quite honestly, um, gave me tons of future opportunity to expand and grow and share with others. Right. But to step away from that, right. a lot of people thought I was crazy. I'm still somewhat right. uh, questioning that at times. But it's like jumping out of an airplane. Even though you have a parachute on your back, even though you're pretty sure it's yeah, going to open because the odds stomach. say it will. <laughs> but that free fall is the, the day you say, I'm doing my own thing. And then when you finally take your first breath is when the chute opens. Mm -hmm. What you don't know is how far you're going to fall before it opens. Yeah. You're pretty sure you're not going to hit the bottom or you wouldn't have stepped out. But you might fall along. In other words, you might burn up three months worth of cash, six months worth of cash, draw down a lot. And for me, the chute, the parachute opened much sooner than I expected. Um, and, you know, I... I, I, I there's times I wanted to do it earlier. There's times I probably wanted to do it in uh, with prior employers for all the wrong reasons. You're just yeah. having a bad day. Correct. But at the end of the day, everyone I've ever worked for has been fantastic. And the mentoring and the things I gained from those experiences have made me the, the man I am today. But as you well know, this is an industry you can never give back as much as you have gained if you found success in this industry. And there is a huge talent gap in the maintenance arena. We have taken technical training out of our high schools, the power mechanics, the wood shop, foundry, auto body, uh, auto uh, mechanics. And so now, um, for, for maybe all the right reasons at that time, other technical skills were pushed, maybe computer science, graphic arts, but also some of that you've seen shift beyond our borders. Uh, computer science and the building of computers and maybe building refrigerators and washing machines can easily be taken outside the United States uh, because there is no shelf life impact right. and all of a sudden those jobs go away. Mm -hmm. But fresh baked goods are not going to come probably from no. uh, Europe, Asia. They're going to probably be within uh, the, the boundaries of the, the Correct. continental and, and, United and States. I see your passion there as understanding the gap in the industry of untrained talent. Yeah. And wanting to change that, so that's why your what I see your passion is coming from, and to focus so narrowly on maintenance means that you really care about this segment a lot. What do you see in your experience in the industry? Um, how does how does a bakery suffer when they don't train this segment? Well, you could argue. Um Instead of product going out the front of the bakery, it goes out the back, you know, in waste. Uh, we just call it hog feed, but, you know, right? It, it, right? Uh, it's going to come in at a premium price, and then you may hire someone to haul it away either as sellable goods or regrind, you know, scrap. Right. Um, the maintenance department, uh, their customers' production. Sometimes some plants, because of lack of leadership, yeah. uh, don't understand who the customer is. Uh, Correct. Production's customer sales. Mm-hmm. The, the mechanics customer is production. Mm -hmm. And then you have these support groups like sanitation, HR, accounting, all these others. But the product is made because we have an order and produced, and the equipment has to be production ready at all times. Now, it means right. people safe, 
um, food safe, food safe. and yeah. mechanically reliable because it could right. run but not run well or it could be producing form material, all these things. Um, and as I've really tried hard to focus on tactical things that mechanics are lacking, what I really have uncovered is not so much a lack of mechanical know-how as it's a lack of leadership of how we lead our maintenance departments. That's the biggest opportunity. Because in other words, that is true. Right? If you yeah. don't even know you have a talent gap, yep. that's a leadership problem. <laughs> Once you know you have a talent gap, if you don't work to close it, that's a leadership problem. Now it's different to say I don't have any people. I can't find people to hire. That's different. That's a recruiting, a sourcing issue. Right. And there's models and there's things you can do to go after that. So depending on the class I'm teaching and the audience uh, that's paid to be there. We can talk to, because there they're, they're different levers that you need to pull. We could talk about sourcing and how right. to set up a different recruitment program. We can talk about retention. Yep. We can talk about skills gap and closing them. But it's very hard in, a, say, a two-day class to hit all the things that lead to a very successful maintenance program. But the real key fundamental is leadership and accountability for the results that leadership's in, in position to control. Right. Um, because... Um, Overall, uh, any manufacturing, no matter what they produce, needs a maintenance team. Now our bakeries are competing with other manufacturing you know, companies mm -hmm. uh, for the same mechanic. Right. Why would they want to work for us? Correct. Because they feel like they can grow with us, they can learn with us, they can yeah. be appreciated and given the opportunity to advance because we're all trying to support our families. Yeah. And uh, many times they don't see that within our industry. Maybe it's there and we don't well communicate it, um, but I would say there's always opportunity for us to improve. And I just, I've, I've been mentored by many, many people. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my hiring tactics normally is to ask someone, can you tell me someone specifically by name that's made a difference in your life and help you get to where you are professionally? Right. And almost always, someone can name at least one name and multiple. Right. And if they're applying for a leadership position with me, then my next question is, Tell me someone that I literally can pick up the phone and call right now that would name you as their mentor. Uh -huh. And if there's no one you can tell me, <laughs> willing for me to call, that yeah. would claim you as their mentor, yeah. then that speaks to your, um, let's say, hold, you know, holding it all in, not sharing well, not leading, not facilitating right. a culture of uh, interdependency. Um, and that, that probably isn't going to be sustainable. It's the yeah. old command so and control. I have... A question, and I bet a lot of bakers out there have the same question. Some of your most talented engineers in the plant, a pure talent, right? But they have no skills to lead. How, how right. do you deal with that issue? <laughs> well, historically, and I, I'm sure you've seen this as like well. Like they're so talented, like you can't you function a day without them. You know, yeah, they're the and, fixers, right? But what we do, we promote them. To the management position and then <laughs> and they have no leadership exactly. skills not in all cases but in right. far too many times now and there's two uh, pitfalls to that number one the best wrench at problem solving for the customer yeah. and fixing things so yeah. tomorrow we run better you just uh, instead of empowering you depowered you pulled away their tools you yeah. told them keep your hands in your pockets and train an army but we never saw evidence that they're good trainers yeah. or that they even want to share what they know. Now, you might see some elements of that, but in most cases, I find that as organizations have grown and rewarded the best wrench to be the top maintenance manager or right. plant engineer, chief engineer, depending on your mm -hmm. terminology, we see less uh, tactical work get done or work 
um, quality of work start to slip. Now you can identify it quick and address it, mm -hmm. but far too often we don't see it until it's too late. Uh, my class on run to failure, it's not, run to failures not overnight. It's not missing one down day's worth of work. No more than it's passing one gas station and that means I'll instantly run out of gas. It's a, a continuation of bad practices that over time erode the reliability of a machine to the point that now it needs an intervention. It doesn't need maintained. It needs remanufactured oh, or rebuilt right. to so brought back. Tell me a little bit more about that class. Well, um, are you going to have that class soon? And we've had one okay. last year. I believe it was in October. It was very well attended. And can our um, listeners go for the next class? Yes, uh, absolutely. ASB, uh, uh, I've been fortunate enough to be sponsored. They had a task force led by Ken Schwanger. Mm -hmm. uh, Ken has been very instrumental in really bringing a focus through that, that, that subcommittee awesome. uh, of what is... You know, we used to be American Society of Bakery Engineers, and if you go all the way back to the 94 years, right? I we all, yeah, 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 there's, <laughs> some loved it, some hated it, but there was a focus, some believed by just the acronym, that it was an engineering focus. The problem was we needed to expand, because who's the customer? Production. Yeah. Do they feel welcome at that, that, at that convention, at that, right. in that society? Yeah. So anyway, as it evolved to get dropped the E, it also, I wouldn't lost. say necessarily lost its focus on engineering, but maybe the perception was perception, there. Correct. Over time, though, we're seeing the skills gap. Yeah. So all of our data, we paid for a study to come back and says there's a huge gap, and especially with maintenance talent. So this subcommittee was like, what can we tactically do as a society to give back to the individual, right? It's a, a, a society about individuals. And uh, since all of our members, member companies also, as well as BEMA, ABA, are all mm -hmm. focused on this talent gap, yeah. uh, this subcommittee come back and said, how can we tactically provide training very specific to maintenance and engineering. Mm -hmm. So we put together a survey of like five topics and asked people to rank them one to five. Uh, ASB sent that out, I think, um, just right after last year's conference. And we took that and force ranked it. Now, obviously I had some, um, I networked with Ken, um, uh, Van Amber, Kent Van Amberg and Kent Schwanger, and we kind of pared it down because there's, you know, it, uh, the funnel's very wide at the top, and we funneled it down to what are oh, really good. the top five. Yeah. Sent those out, quickly rank them because we wanted it to be a really fast survey for people to take. And from that, how to get out of run to failure. Like, run to failure is great if it's a light bulb. You know, light bulb, run <laughs> to failure, doesn't works really well. <laughs> for your furnace in the winter or oh, your air conditioner gosh. in the summer, run to failure is right. probably not going to be very palatable. So, um, it's understanding with the maintenance department, not everything should get the same medicine, the same treatment, the same care, because there's a cost to right. this care. Right. And how do you look at that and make the right decisions? You can either wait for years and years of data because of your failures, or you could have someone like myself or another consulting group or another uh, expert through papers that are given at ASB provide yeah. some information, some learning, some pay it for. Let me give, you know, uh, trust me, but you know, from what I've learned or I've seen. Uh, so this was a collaborative effort to pare down to two days to talk to people about, first you realize what leads to run to failure. At some point, it might have been a brand new car. Now it doesn't run well. Yeah. And I think of it kind of as weight loss. <laughs> if you're not seeing the results you're looking for and you double down on your eating behavior, mm -hmm. you're probably going to get out of shape even faster. Right. So if you have bad maintenance behaviors, you're not happy with the results, and now you just schedule that preventive maintenance interaction more often, you dilute your resources. Correct. You don't you don't zero in on where they're needed. You you divide their mm -hmm. effectiveness. 
So this was more of how to have an intervention okay. that's specific to getting back in good health, i.e. getting your plant back to where it's maintainable. Mm-hmm. Maintenance departments weren't designed to re-engineer plants, hmm. but to maintain plants. Okay. I think of it as the owner's manual in your glove box is not designed to have you rebuild the engine, but how to maintain <laughs> the engine so it won't need rebuilt. That's true. But once it's smoking and once it doesn't have any compression, <laughs> that manual in the glove box is no longer uh, going to be the, the, the instruction you need. So you right. go do a one-time, put it back into proper operating uh, condition, and now you can go back to maintaining it at a much lower cost than uh, you know switching out parts each mm-hmm. week because it's run to failure. So this class, Run to Failure, when will you next be offering it? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. Um, in March, we have a class scheduled in LA, mm-hmm. so people could get, in, in most cases, you can get a one-way uh, direct flight into LA from anywhere in the United States. So we tried to pick, um, you know, international airports, big airports where it was not only easy to get there, um, flights to LA, kind of like Vegas or Dallas, are affordable, and uh, we can have the, uh, the 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 class at a hotel right there off the airport property without need for transportation. That's great. Uh, so people, um, right now the class is scheduled to take place on the 28th and 29th of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming up right around the corner, we still have open seats. Um, and uh, there's a great discount opportunity. The r- real advantage of this is that if people uh, are new to ASB, there's a really good um, you know discount price for new members to join at a low cost, and it awesome. gives a, per- a substantial discount off the class price. It's it's um, great that you are working with ASB to fill this gap because we really really need it. Is absolutely. there is there any other classes up in the future if they can't make this class? Well, you know it's supply and demand. So okay. the uh, the onus on me is to deliver the goods, Correct. deliver a product that later people say, man, I'm glad I came. It's going to pay dividends to my bottom line, right. and I'll send more people. Uh, the feedback, you can go onto my website or you can go on the ASB's website and mm-hmm. see the feedback was outstanding um, and we really appreciated the fact they let us share that. Um, we're going to try to, uh, at least we're committed to do four classes total, counting Great. the one we're doing Great. in March. Yeah. And um, we're going to do the run to failure topic in March and we'll at least do it one more time towards the end of the year. Uh, that's probably going to fall uh, the way it looks right now. I would say we'll probably do it in October. Great. And then we'll do another class in June and one in August that'll probably be on different topics like how to manage a maintenance manager or possibly uh, how to find, train, and retain talent. Those are um, all... They're hot topics. Oh my right? gosh. The problem is, you know, regionally people topics. say, well, I'll, I'll attend when it's on the east, I'll attend when it's on the west. Yeah. These may be a one and done That's unless fine. they give feedback you to ASP what? that, am, hey... Uh, I am so proud of what you're doing and pushing, you know, ASB to put the E back into that by pro- providing these classes. I think that's so needed. Well, the, the nice thing is I, I haven't, honestly, uh, you're giving me credit that's not deserved. I hadn't had to push uh, as much as the industry has pulled. The oh, industry's wow. been that's right in a, a request for this. Yeah. Um, and I was, again, uh, it won't just be me. I'm sure ASB is going to align with other people that can provide different elements of this. That's good. It's not the rowdy Brixie put the E back into, uh, into the industry. It's uh, how do we, as an industry, address this problem. And I just happen to be, uh, let's say, the beta site for the first. Mm-hmm. And now that we already have a template, um, based on the first class and demand, uh, we can go apply that um, at a pretty reasonable effort in some other locations. Okay. Um, If they can't attend these classes, how can they reach you and do you do one-on-one consulting on these topics? 
Well, absolutely. You know, um, my, my passion's teaching, but, um, you know, I do, I'm not a academic school where we have set classroom times. Uh, so I've been asked to come in and help set up maintenance programs. Um, I'm doing um, oven proof or cooler audits and, uh, and providing bids and quotes on fixing the gaps that we find on those uh, machines before there's catastrophic failure. So um, you can obviously reach me uh, a couple ways. You know, emails the, the, you know, kind of the communication path of today. So you can go onto my website if you want, www.brixie-eng.com. You can also go to 844-4-BRIXIE, B-R-I-X-E-Y, toll-free number. Uh, You can get me or one of my other associates uh, leave a message, and we'll get back to you uh, immediately. Um, uh, Those are the two easiest ways we'll get you a call back uh, as quick as possible. Um, So, again, 38 years in the business. uh, Some people want some very specific things. Some people want custom training. Mm -hmm. Some people want plan audits and make a gap list. I think a lot of people are going to reach out for customized training. Uh, I've had a lot of that already. Um, So... um, (laughs) You know, for ASB, we've already set the topics that we're going to cover, and uh, we're not going to replicate those, uh, you know, on-site specific to each baker that can come support the ASB initiative. But there's a lot of other topics we have yet to uh, tap into that may be very specific to a site, like a new startup, or a very old plant, or maybe even very... uh, uh, equipment specific mm-hmm. and the one last thing I'd mention to people is don't forget uh, funding that's available within your state mm-hmm. we've had a couple locations where they've applied for grants mm-hmm. been given money nice. uh, the colleges help um, with the things that are let's say more soft skill mm-hmm. and then the very technical things like ovens proofers coolers uh, we've written a syllabus for and got approved and had complete uh, accreditation and Very reimbursement good. through the state and it didn't cost the bakery anything but wow, the hotel. That's amazing. So yeah, that, that was a real benefit to the plant for eight days on site, which not only taught for 40% of the time, but the other 60 was out fixing the machine as we taught. So it <laughs> wow. was a dual benefit. It ran better right. at the end. Uh, the mechanics got hands-on training along with some classroom time so we could really push certain topics home and rewrite their PM program at the same time. Okay. This is great, Rowdy. Well, thank Thank you you so much, Lynn. You're a media marvel. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners. Before you go, I'd like to say that this podcast was recorded during Baking Tech 2018 in Chicago, Illinois at the Chicago Hilton. Baking Tech is known throughout the wholesale industry as the best week in baking due to the numerous opportunities for networking and education. Highlights of this year's program were a panel of baking industry CEOs who talked about the development of their company cultures and how that has created a sustainable employment and production model. The keynote by Mario Somoza with Pan Papin in Puerto Rico and how they survived and are rebuilding from last year's hurricanes. The product development competition that featured four student teams across the U.S. who presented their concepts for new and innovative sweet goods. All of this in addition to 16 technical sessions featuring solutions to current issues facing the baking industry. Log on to www.asbe.org to learn more about being a member or sign up. Till the next episodes, you baking fanatics! <laughs> <laughs>